Okay, we're back on this Thursday. In Montreal, the Canadians, they are back in their series with the Las Vegas Golden Knights after a 3-2 win in Vegas last night. Montreal going out to an early lead, then hanging on for the win. Game three set for Montreal tomorrow night. Of course, as we know, a 1,000 more fans allowed into the Bell Centre. 3,500 anticipated for tomorrow night's game there. And it's also a day one of the U.S. Open in golf. Going to talk to the coach about all of that coming up here a little later this hour. But first, for those of you keeping score when it comes to prices, well, we are heading in the wrong direction. And here for the latest on the inflation numbers is David McDonald, senior economist with the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives. He joins us here on 640 Toronto. David, good afternoon. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here as always. All right, a record increase last month. Can you tell us uh, what the inflation numbers are telling us? Up again, so inflation in May at 3.6%, up from 3.4% in April. Uh, so this is, uh, this is somewhat historic, seeing really high inflation, although it's largely uh, due to what's called base effects. And so the inflation figures compares this May versus last May across a whole bunch of different categories. So if you take gasoline, for instance, gasoline was pretty cheap last May. It was in the middle of a lockdown. No one was driving anywhere. No one was going to work. Um, and so a big increase in prices this May compared to last May. But if you go back, instead of comparing to 2020, you go back to 2019 on the gas prices. Well, gas prices are pretty similar in 2019 to what we're seeing uh, in 21. Go back to 2018, actually a little bit more in 2018 than they were in 2021. So this is really catching up to uh, what happened as we compare back to this, you know, the, the, the real shutdown period that happened in, uh, you know, April, May, mm-hmm. Uh, in June in particular of, of 2020. Okay, so having said that, are these numbers then a little skewed? And do you think that there's a, a reason for some panic here? Well, they're quite skewed because of this base effects. Um, one of the, I mean, one of the things that's, that's showing up uh, that isn't due to base effects um, is uh, big increases in, in the, the homeowner replacement cost, which is a part of this broader index. And so here what's happening is, is house prices didn't decline uh, in the first couple months of uh, 2020 during the lockdown. They just continued to go up, and they've gone up all of this year as well. Uh, and so we're seeing a big increase on that, and that's not due to base effects. That's due to the fact that houses are getting more expensive. They've been getting more expensive over the entire course of the pandemic. Uh, and another area, too, where we're seeing higher prices is uh, on, on the durable, durable goods, particularly vehicles, passenger vehicles. And this is largely due to the shortage of microchips. Uh, so we've got a lot of vehicles sitting you know, mostly built, sitting on lots, uh, missing some key components uh, that require microchips that they can't get. Uh, And so this might be more temporary, although the housing piece might be something that's a little bit more permanent. Okay, so as we uh, look ahead and try to forecast here, do we think that the cost of living is life about to get or is it getting more expensive for Canadians? Well, it's certainly getting more expensive compared to 2020. The question is whether it's getting more expensive compared to 2019 or 2018. Uh, And so I I expect uh, certainly through the course of this summer, we're going to continue to see um, big inflation numbers, uh, maybe all the way through to to the fall, um, just because we're comparing back to much lower economic activity in 2020. Now, the real question is, is, you know, once the, the year ticks over into 2022, are we still seeing 3%, 4% 3%, 4% unemployment. And I think then it becomes more concerning with the potential the Bank of Canada says, look, inflation's too high, we're going to jack up interest rates. Uh, and, uh, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, mortgage rates start to change and, and, and it becomes a real problem for folks. But I think at this point, there's a lot of tolerance at the Bank of Canada for 
uh, short-term increases in the uh, in the inflation rate, just because we're comparing back to a time period last year when a lot of things were a lot cheaper because you know you you couldn't really buy them and there wasn't a lot of economic activity. Sure, and I think you answered my next question about the Bank of Canada. So they are paying very close attention. Do you think to these inflation numbers, not overreacting to this uh, this news here, but uh, they'll be watching the uh, trend and that will certainly impact their decision when it comes to the interest rate. That's right. And they actually don't use the CPI specifically. They have their own measures. They have three specific measures, two of which are slightly over 2%. One is slightly under 2%. Their goal is 2%. So at this point, even with, you know, you know, we, we look at the CPI figures, which are almost 4%. That's not actually what they look at, look at to make their decision. What they're looking at very close to their target, which is 2%. So at this point, Um, There's nothing for them to be concerned about. I mean, we'll see what happens over the course of the summer and fall. But at this point, their own indicators are telling them, you know, nothing to see here. You're at your target at 2%. Okay. With a record increase, albeit the numbers may be skewed from year to year, but uh, how could this possibly affect, you think, a public policy uh, moving forward, David? Well, it's it's tough to say. I mean, it depends on whether it's sustained, whether this moves from base effects or just recovering from, say, low gasoline prices last year uh, to something like uh, sustained inflation where uh, household savings, which is built up through transfers from the government over the course of 2020, uh, go into driving prices much higher. Uh, and then potentially there's some impact uh, on on public policy insofar as you get some reaction from the Bank of Canada. Things become more expensive, but then the Bank of Canada says, oh, geez, I mean, even if our, our short-term measures are telling us, you know, there's nothing to worry about here, you know, say if we saw 5 or 6% unemployment or 5 or 6% inflation, then I think you might see some concern from the bank. And then you start looking at maybe we're going to boost mortgage rates or something like that. Um, but I think that's still a little ways off. I mean, I think that we'll see high... Uh, inflation numbers over the course of the summer, and uh, and the Bank of Canada will will leave well enough alone, uh, letting the economy recover, trying to get people reemployed. Um, the the real question will be in the fall and winter whether we continue to see this. And how much could this affect the federal and provincial uh, governments who have to be, you would think, eyeing tax increases? It's something we've touched on uh, from time to time during this uh, pandemic with, uh, you know, obviously some much needed relief and spending for Canadians are going on, but at record levels and that money eventually has to be paid back. And if uh, prices are up, you know, we're seeing inflation uh, moving uh, northward, upwards. Life is becoming more unaffordable for Canadian families. There's uh, less discretionary uh, income. Then there's less money, uh, you know, to tap when it comes to taxes. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at the federal government, which bore the brunt of the cost uh, of COVID-19, I mean, they were the ones that were driving most of these major programs. There were certainly provincial contributions, but primarily a federal expense. The federal government, even after incurring all of these expenses and the deficits that happened in, in 2020 and will happen in this in this coming year uh, are paying less in interest costs than they were in 2019 before all this had happened. So in essence, they financed all this at record low rates, so low that we're actually paying, you know, you think of like you're paying less on a mortgage payment than you were the year before, even though you've got, you know, a house that's a third bigger. That's exactly what the federal government has done over the course of the last year. So in terms of the costs in the short term, I mean, there, you know, there, there has been a decrease in cost despite this additional, uh, despite this additional expense. Um, now, of course, interest rates are very low, uh, historically low, and so they were over the last six months or so, particularly for the federal government. They may go higher, uh, but interest rates affect everyone, not just the federal government. So, yes, it would put more pressure on the federal government if interest rates went higher. You'd have to pay more on the debt. 
Um, but households and corporations are way more leveraged than the federal government. Uh, and so they'd be the ones hit first. Uh, so they'd be the ones hit in, you know, mortgage rates, particularly for, for households, for businesses. Uh, they've been loading up in the last six years on debt as well. And so they'd be hit first. Their spending would be constrained. Uh, and that is likely, uh, that, that heavy over-indebtedness is likely one of the risks for another recession, particularly if interest rates start to go up quickly. And this is something else the bank's going to consider is there's a lot of debt out there. And so you start jacking rates up rapidly. Uh, people think, think, holy cow, my, my mortgage rate's going to go up. I'm going to stop spending. And all of a sudden you get another recession. Just finally, do you think that inflation could it possibly, if this is sustained, have an impact on small business as they get set to finally reopen and on uh, jobs in a lot of those small businesses? Or do you believe, David, at least in the short term, there's such pent up demand that people have been denied so many things for so long that they just want to go out to a restaurant, to a patio, they want to travel again? Really, price isn't going to matter that much, at least in the short term. Yeah, and we may well find business owners need to make up for losses. And so we may see higher prices as a result of that, particularly in the short term, where they say, uh, you know, we're going to charge a bit more for this. Uh, you know, their costs might have gone up. It's expensive to restart a business. Uh, you know, you think of a restaurant having to restock and so on. And so some of that may well be pushed onto the consumer and the consumer may well be willing to pay it. Uh, and that's the sort of thing that's going to push up uh, in, you know, inflation in the short term. The other piece of the puzzle is that um, workers, as well as businesses, uh, businesses a bit more, have received a lot of support over the past year. Uh, workers have, in many cases, moved on from jobs in, in sectors that uh, have been opened and closed and hopefully will reopen. And so there's going to be a, a real challenge to get staff over the course of the summer because people will have moved on, people will be concerned about going back to those jobs. Uh, maybe they weren't great jobs to begin with and the pay wasn't very good. Uh, and so that may well lead to increased wages. I mean, if, if there's some competition for these jobs. So all of those things could certainly play into increased inflation. Um, the question is whether that's just something that happens over the summer or whether it's something that continues uh, into next year. We will keep an eye on it without a doubt. David McDonald, appreciate the time as always. David, thanks so much for the insight. Thanks. Bye now. David McDonald, senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives.